RadioInfluence.com. Welcome back to the Lawfather podcast. Uh, usually we're in Lawfather headquarters, but today we are in the Dignitary Cafe podcast studio uh, doing something a little different. Uh, so as you'll hear a little bit later on, I'll be on the In the Trenches podcast with Ian Beckles. Uh, both of us uh, are blessed enough to work with Radio Influence uh, for our podcast, and so we're able to come together. And uh, so just want to give you a quick little look at what we're going to be talking about and how that really interplays with the legal world. All right. So um, as some of you may know, the NFL and former players, uh, the former players had a lawsuit against the NFL for some concussion injuries, basically saying that the uh, players were not warned enough of the uh, basically the implications of concussions. And, uh, you know, maybe even uh, so far as to say that uh, football could uh, create concussions. Uh, and, and I think, you know, over the years, uh, the medical field has learned a lot more about concussions than than we knew even when, uh, you know, I was playing high school football, for example. I, I think things have changed, uh, done a complete 180 as to what we know. So uh, there was a, a class action lawsuit, which is just a fancy way of saying there were a lot of plaintiffs involved in a lawsuit that involve, involved similar circumstances and uh, things of that nature uh, to the tune of at this point in time, there are 20,558 class members. Okay, so there are essentially 20,558 plaintiffs. So try getting 20,000 names on a single legal document and uh, you'd have hundreds of pages worth of just names. So that's why it's just listed as a class action. It's in one player's name and uh, it's treated as a class action. Uh, you know, why, why and how does this come up? And as some of you know, uh, used to be an NFL agent, so really used to be ingrained in the aspects of what the players would get in terms of their health benefits and their retirement benefits and things of that nature. And here's, here's where this stems from. I, I was at an event talking to Ian, uh, Ian Beckles, that is, and we were talking about the concussion settlement. And he had mentioned to me that they take tests. And so how this works is the players have to go in, they have to take a cognitive test. And this cognitive test determines whether or not they are eligible for compensation as a result of the settlement. Okay, so there was this lawsuit with the former NFL players and that was resolved via a settlement, okay, a, a settlement in the hundreds of millions of dollars as of a couple of days ago, $856 million has been awarded out of this class action settlement, all right? In order to be eligible for that money, you have to take a test and it's a cognitive test and what we found out or what I found out in talking to Ian was that black players are started off at a lower level than white players, which therefore makes it harder for them to, to, uh, to become part of the settlement, to, uh, to earn settlement dollars. But anyway, we're going to get into that a whole lot more in my conversation with Ian Beckles, or at least maybe said another way, Ian Beckles conversation with me because uh, I was showing, I was a guest on his podcast, but I wanted all my listeners to uh, get a feel for what we were talking about, because I think it does tie in the legal and sports world very well. So on that note, take a listen to my appearance on the In the Trenches podcast with Ian Beckles, and please go over to his podcast, check it out. He does a lot of stuff with the Bucks. Uh, they talk a lot of X's and O's, and check out all the other podcasts on Radio Influence as well. 
Football season is right around the corner, just a little less than 100 days. Um, but uh, football does not rest, that is for sure. Now, uh, with this podcast, I usually talk a little bit of X's and O's and talk Buccaneer talk, but I thought I'd use this episode to do kind of a special edition. I have a good friend of mine here, Mr. William Frankie. How you doing, brother? Good. How you doing, Ian? Life is good. You're looking dapper as normal. Thanks, man. I try. I, I do like the Beckles and Reacher shirt. I <laughs> you, need to get me one of those. I will get you one for <laughs> sure. Uh, you try. Come on. Come on. Yeah, you. Uh, do, you do you dress like this at home? Uh yeah, I mean, yes. when I get home from work <laughs> yeah. and then I change into, into another suit. shorts and a t-shirt. Good for, good, for, <laughs> good, for, good for you. So I brought William Frankie here. I, I've done some podcasts with uh, William before. He's been on the Beckles and Retro show, uh, Ron and Ian show, actually, back in the day. Uh, one of the fine lawyers in this area. And uh, I brought him on because of this topic that I'm going to bring up here. And uh, I'm not all that versed in it, okay? I live it. I'm part of the concussion um uh, situation in the NFL because I've taken the test before, but there's some new things coming up and they're uncovering that I guess the NFL was race norming in the concussion settlements with the players. Now, explain to the normal person out there and myself what race race norming is. Sure. So it's actually, and it's kind of blew my mind because this whole thing started with a discussion, really a, a kind of a conversation just with you and I that, that was, I don't want to say it was a no nothing conversation, mm -hmm. but wasn't one that expected to kind of get into this deeper topic. Sure. Right. And on, on a basic level, the thing I found out that I was really surprised by is race norming is actually an accepted practice within the mental health, not mental health, but uh, in the cognitive mm -hmm. community, the cognitive medical community. So it's okay. not necessarily an NFL thing. It's actually a cognitive medical community thing. Really? Explain what it is exactly. So the, the and this is a, a paraphrasing of the de definition and the thought process of it is, is that a, a black person will have uh, less cognitive abilities mm -hmm. than a white person. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if it breaks down any deeper than, than those as like an A and a B, right? Mm -hmm. um, because at least for the NFL purposes, we're just talking white players and black players. So that's just mm -hmm. how that's kind of worked out. But the idea behind it is that if a black person takes a test, their cognitive abilities are less than the white person, which, I mean, it's, and, and look, I, I wanna make ultra clear that this is not my opinion. Of course not. <laughs> this course is not. You know, yeah. my research and, and what, what is termed as race norming. And the idea behind it of, like I said, once again, not, not my words, but mm -hmm. other people's words, that it's to prevent clinicians from over-diagnosing and over-pathologizing cognitive impairment in black people. So to break that down in layman's terms, uh, when I walked in there to do my cognitive test, they assumed that I was less intelligent than the previous white guy. Correct. Okay. That's how that works. That's how that works, which is, when you put it that way, sounds way worse than the way you put it. You made it sound smart. <laughs> I made it sound more, you know what I'm saying? You know right. what I mean? Um, listen, I've taken, I've, I've said this before, I got 30-something on the Wonderlick test, which is pretty good. Um, I've always been good at IQ tests. I've always been able to figure things out. Uh, never got good grades. I wasn't really a school guy, but I was always been good on cognitive tests. I've done this this concussion cognitive tests. I want to say four or five times to where I can maybe I'll write it out for you. You know what I mean? So, and my thing is, I don't think I deserve to get concussion money. I don't because 
I'm not all effed up, all right? right? So I'm on the radio every day. When I get effed up, everybody's gonna know. They'll be like, damn, Ian's <laughs> effed up. You know what I mean? He's on air every day. But the thing is, if I have to be really, really dumbed down for me to get this cognitive money. You know, the NFL is 70% black, 70. Right. So did you f find out if the money that was doled out, more white players were getting the concussion settlements in the black? Well, I, I mean, You'd have to really do a deep dive on, sure. on the analysis of the ratios of the amount of white players involved, mm -hmm. the amount of black players involved. But this came to light actually from a couple of lawsuits from black players. Okay, uh, the lawsuits actually were ultimately dismissed, mm -hmm. but but something happened with the U.S. judge who was overseeing it that never happens really. They said they wanted a study done mm -hmm. to determine if this is what's going on and, and to dive wow. into a little bit more yeah. of, of the root causes and sure. root details of it. So I think Najee Davenport was one of the players uh, that they were talking about. Now, as a former player who has been evaluated for concussions, I mean, what do what can I do? I mean, at this point, if I feel like I've been wrong, then from your description of what I went through, I've been wrong. What can I do to this point? So, I mean, kind of the first off, and, and as you know, and the reason why I've been on your show before is previously I was an NFL agent. That's correct. And, you know, the, the official, I guess, NFLPA stance would be, hey, get with your agent and have them work you through the process. Okay. Right? But from a legal legal side of things, you know, I would say, hey, get tested again because the NFL is now saying that's going to be removed. Right. And, yeah. and you know, look, we all... I don't want to say we all love bashing on the NFL, but mm -hmm. the NFL is generally a really easy target to bash on. Mm -hmm. They usually do some pretty dumb things. Sure they do. I'm not sure that they're necessarily blame for this particular part, right? Really? Um, because I, I, I think it's one of these situations where the NFL hires a third party company mm -hmm. to employ this test, and this test is employed using this race norming across the board, mm -hmm. right? And this company does it the same way. Now look, could it be that the NFL knew exactly what was going on and mm -hmm. and they green-lighted it? Sure, right? I'm just not sure necessarily 100% that this particular piece is all on the NFL. No, I, okay, this is the thing, okay? The NFL is just a logo, all right? It, it consists of 32 billionaires, all right? Go after one billionaire's money, see what happens. True. Okay? Don't cut your freaking eyeballs out, right? <laughs> 32 billionaires aren't giving you their darn money, okay? I'm just right. telling you. So this is where I am. I love when I hear people in the media say, well, that doctor would never put him back on the field if he was injured. Bullshit. Right. All right? Because I'm going to tell you this. If you're a doctor, you work for the Buccaneers or whoever, and you are always holding back the players, you know what's going to happen? be fired. Yeah, you're not going to have a job. Period. So if you're a third-party business that are doing these concussion settlements and you keep on doling out money, you think they're going to retain that company? See, that's the thing for me. The, the NFL owners, when it's all said and done, don't want to give us the money. They, they, they allotted a billion dollars to give to the players, and they don't want to give us the money that is sitting there for us. It's crazy. And you, you're scaring me because you're making me think that everywhere I go in this world, I'm being evaluated that way. I mean, is, it, is some truth to that? I mean, personally, I don't think so. Okay. I, I mean, look, you, you played in Philly. I grew up uh, in South Jersey. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I'd say I've been in Florida long enough and I've been to some areas of Florida mm -hmm. that even to this day at 38 years old, I find eye-opening. Um, sure. I was down in... Um, 
Highlands County a couple mm-hmm. months ago, and it was, I was like, wow, this, this stuff still exists today. Of course it does. Of course it does. And, and you hear about it, but it's not like till you mm-hmm. get there and go, oh, sure. oh, this is what it looks like, right? So uh, me personally, I, I don't, I don't see that, and mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody really necessarily getting outside of this cognitive therapy type or this cognitive medical side of things necessarily thinks that way. Mm. Um, but you know, one of the things that, that we had talked about when we were having our conversation when we, that started this whole thing was mm. I didn't necessarily understand the interplay of mm. the fact that, that the cognitive level starts lower for black players than mm. it does for white players, yeah. right? Because at first glance, you just go, oh, well, then that must make it easier to get the money, but it's actually, and I think it's important for the people listening to know that it actually has the exact opposite effect Correct. because there's a correlation between where you start Correct. and and where you end yeah. up on the test. And if you start lower, but you're smarter mm. basically than your lower starting point, Correct. there's no money for you. The thing is they never really, I don't know what they're comparing it to. You see what I'm saying? So if I, I just told you I got 30 something on the Wonderlick test. So if I go and take the Wonderlick test, now and get 22, that tells you that I've fallen a long way. But if they believed I should have got a 10 to begin with, then I'm not getting that damn money. Right. You see what I'm saying? So to me, this is backwards. Um, and the NFL is kind of acting like this is not a big deal. It's when I read up on it, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And I mean, it's blatantly racist. It's disgusting, and I, I just don't know what's going to happen. I think they're going to try to sweep it, and people are going to go around it. But as a former player, I'm I'm trying to let people know. You know, what I mean, this is disgusting. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and you know, I, I think, and you take these tests, right? You take these tests that are generally made for the general public, mm-hmm. right? These cognitive ability tests are made for the masses, correct? But in the NFL, you deal with something actually that you don't deal with in any other sport. Right, and I don't. I don't think this is anything you may have considered. I can see by the look in okay, your face. You're, 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 you're wondering where I'm going with this. I don't know. What you, I have no idea what you're going to say. How many other employers out there that across the board, everybody that's an employee has three years of college? I I agree with what you said. You know what's funny? You say that. I've said this my whole life. When most people talk about dumb athletes in their head, they're thinking of who? Football players and, and basketball players, which yeah. are the predominantly black sports. Now, this is the irony of it. Those are the most educated athletes in the world. It's true. Hockey players don't go to school. Golfers don't go to school. Tennis players don't go to school. Nobody goes, baseball players don't go to school. And this is another funny thing. Those are the only two sports you have to go to school. They're making you go to school. Baseball to an extent. Baseball depends, right? If you go to a four-year school, you're there for three years. Okay, but you can get drafted when you're 14 years old out of Dominican Republic. Oh, yeah. Okay. There are some differences. You can't do that in the NFL. (laughs) You can't do it in the NBA anymore. Right. So there's rich people, and they're Caucasian, telling uh, black players, because I don't know if there's been a white one come out of high school without, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I can't think of one either. Okay, so there's not (laughs) many of them. They're telling that black kid from the hood, you have to go to school for a whole year and your parents have to struggle for another year. It's un-American. That's un-American. And for, and for people who don't know much about football and listen, football players, people, you said it, they're, they're the dumb athletes and you didn't, it's not come out of your mouth. That's right. just the way it is. Right. When you go in an NFL locker room, I think people would be shocked. You'd be shocked. People yeah. playing chess, people reading the Wall Street Journal, people talking about, you know, uh, uh, things that are going on in this world. There's a lot of very educated people. I had Martin Mayhew in here the other day. He's the uh, GM now from the Washington football team. One of the smartest dudes I've ever, you know, ever met, you know. 
people don't know that that's in locker rooms. There's a, there's a lot of brilliant people in a locker room. And the problem is you see these movies, nobody ever depicts a football player as being smart. No. It's Ever. just such a stereotype. And look, I played D1 baseball for a year and a half at Western Carolina. We yep. had a football team, right? Yep. Unlike when I came down to Tampa where there's no football team. Mm-hmm. Well, we had mandatory study hall and we had all the athletes at the school were in the same study hall. So, mm-hmm. you know, we had, we saw a lot of the football players because sure. obviously we all had to be in there together yeah. and they were not the dumbest ones in the room. That, that's what I'm saying. I, I had teammates who yeah. were, who were actually uh, fit that bill. So understandable. Well, <laughs> Um, listen, um, I appreciate you coming in to talk about this because I don't think this is something I could talk about myself. Now, where do you think this goes? I mean, as we go forward, now that they were caught, okay, they're uncovered, where do the players go from here? I mean, did the players, the players have been screwed in the past that they get a kickback? And what do you think happens from all this? So let's just kind of take a step back to go with, with how this started. It's, this was a class action lawsuit, which means that there was just more than one plaintiff, right? Okay. And it's similar circumstances, right? So that's how you end up with a class action. It's a class action with hundreds of members, mm-hmm. all right? There's actually, no, excuse me, thousands of members. Thousands, yeah. 20,000 plus members in this class action. Wow. There was a single lump sum settlement. And as of today, or as of a couple of days ago, um, there's actually a tracker Really? Um, yeah, there's actually a tracker for the NFL um, class action settlement. As of today, it lists $156 million awarded as part of the concussion settlement. Really? So there's actually been a lot of money put out there. Uh, so, it, you know, it's one of these things you look at it in a pure numbers perspective and mm-hmm. you go, well, how did how did the NFL do wrong if if someone's paying out eight hundred and fifty six yep. million dollars? Mm-hmm. But then you look at it on the flip side of it. And if you're one of those players who was affected by this race norming, well, that 856 isn't enough. It's not enough. Type you're, of thing. I mean, right. from a legal perspective, it it's a tough call from a legal perspective, and it's it's one of those things that if I'm if someone were walking my walking my door with a case like that, mm-hmm. I always look at it from both sides. Okay. I go, hey, you know what? I think you have a case because this shouldn't have been happening. There's no reason for it to have been happening mm-hmm. because you guys were all similarly situated. You're all were NFL players. Mm-hmm. You all went to at least three years of college, so therefore you guys should share in in a lot of similarities sure. where. The race norming, the, the concept behind it is saying that um, black people as a whole mm-hmm. have less opportunity for education, are not you know, in their primary years as well educated as okay. their white counterpart. That's where that comes from. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and, and from some levels, I guess you could understand it that you don't want to overdiagnose people in mm-hmm. a clinical setting. Correct. But it doesn't fit the NFL setting, right? It, it certainly does not. Yeah. It certainly does not. And, I, and I'll let you finish. In the regular world, that may pertain. Right. Okay, if you take 100 black people randomly off the street and 100 white, I think you're gonna be right in that situation. That's that's evolution, okay? But if you take 100 football players, it's, it's scrap it. Or take right. 100 black doctors, scrap it. You see what I'm saying? So to me, you know, the economic part of it is is life, okay? Right. Listen, South Tampa doesn't have a lot of black people here. But it's not. Like, I lived in Culberth Isles for 20 years. I was the only black person there. Hmm. And people are like, well, why don't you move in the black neighborhood? I go, do you know a nice one? Do you? <laughs> I don't. Do you know. know a nice black neighborhood in Tampa? Not that I can Okay, no, of. don't think about it. There's none, they don't <laughs> exist. Yeah, there's only a few good black neighborhoods in this country. Like Atlanta being one is because there's a lot of black people. Yeah. But it's, it's, I always thought that this may be happening but now that it's uncovered, I think it tells a lot. It tells a lot about our society. I think it tells a lot about people 
definitely wealthy people of what they think about us. And uh, it's scary, you know, you hear all this stuff about the royal family and all this racist stuff is coming up. Yeah, because there's no black people around them. Right. Ever. Yeah. That's not working for them. <laughs> so, you know, when you talk about 32 billionaires again, billionaires just don't have a lot of exposure to color in the unfortunate way. No, and most of them are pretty cheap. It's generally how oh, they yeah, got they there. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they really are cheap, no doubt about it. And that was my appearance on the In the Trenches podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, please reach out to me with anything you have, any questions, uh, any comments, anything else. 855-LAWFATHER, call or text me. Reach me out on all my social media at the Law Father. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and check out all the other podcasts on Radio Influence. It's the Law Father here, right from Dignitary Cafe Podcast Studio. Lawfather out.